Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to America's premier true crime podcast, radio broadcast, internet sensation, and the talk of the nation. True Crime Uncensored, produced by Magic Matt Allen, considers this his weekend hobby. Fact checker Mark Boyer's here. You know, we often wonder what kind of human being is attracted to true crime. When we started doing this show 13 years ago, true crime wasn't the sensation in programming it is today. We didn't have 8,000 competitors, and Dan Zapansky was still in diapers. Not sure who's. It's interesting, he's in diapers again. <laughs> Possibly. We don't know his personal kinks. So. So we decided we would do some... Pardon me. Oh, oh, our host is dying again. Ah, I'm still alive. We decided to do some research and find out what kind of human being becomes a true crime fan. In keeping with America First theology, we decided to outsource this task to Pakistan. <laughs> we asked me and Moses here, we said, me and find us a true crime fan. A representative, a slice, a cross sample of the intellect, the abilities, the hopes, the dreams of people who love true crime. Well, he found somebody. And uh, I hope that somebody has called the radio station. <laughs> Anthony, do we have a true yeah. crime fan on the line? How are you? Better and better every day in every way. If I say that enough times, I'm liable to believe it. Welcome to the program. After great research... Across the entire United States, you were selected as the epitome of the talented, dedicated, true crime fan. A man who not only has a great career in front of him, but an interesting past behind him. And who likes true crime. Am I correct? Yes, you are. All right. How outstanding. Why don't you introduce yes, see yourself? Sign in, please. What's your full name? Anthony Bowling. Anthony, a pleasure to have you. And you live where? New York City? On the outside. New York City, Brooklyn, Coney Island. Hey. Ooh. Oh, you get a discount on Cotton Candy? We have an island, dude. <laughs> we have an island broad that uh, produces the next show. Yeah. We got a Long Island girl. Can you do a Long Island accent, anybody? <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll, <laughs> she'll be producing the next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound like Leo Gorsi. <laughs> okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. New York City, we got Anthony. Anthony, what was the first indication that you were uh, what what got you into true crime? What what attracted you to true crime? What attracted you to true crime? Why do you like true crime? Oh, you're hilarious to me. You are so hilarious. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we had, do have uh, criminals on the show. We, One of the few true crime shows that actually has criminals. We figure if we're going to do a true crime show, we should have some true, true criminals. criminals. Yeah. Damn it. Just, some of them are hilarious. And some of them, you know, some of them got their life together. It's, it's cool. Yeah, so uh, you probably have heard like Daniel Jettis or Punch the uh, the Diamond Thief. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the uh, I like the fellow that decided to join the police to to enhance his criminal. Career. <laughs> he enhanced his criminal career. He became a policeman. Yeah, Chili that's Michael Gordine. Yeah, the Chili Pimpin in Atlantic City. Yeah, he was a pimp and a cop. And you remember the reason he became a cop is his <laughs> uncle was a cop, and he made a good haul <laughs> during the riots. <laughs> and so he just said, I know good career move as a criminal. I'm going to become a New York cop. He was the number three most corrupt cop in New York. Uh, the, I bet he was. The number, two, was. number one and number two, of course, were uh, uh, Ken Urell. Yes, <laughs> Betrayal. Betrayal in Blue. Written with Ken Urell, second most corrupt cop in the history of the NYPD. Frank and Frank C. Gerardo Jr. And we're working on another one right now that's really corrupt. <laughs> that <laughs> makes that one look like, you know, the Lone Ranger in Tonto. <laughs> the one we got coming out next, which uh, I think is called A Live and Lie in L.A. But I'm not, they may come up with a different title for it. But it's really strange. <laughs> and it's really true. When I mean, you think these guys were off the wall. Where do you read about this? Anyway, so you became a, a fan not only of our brilliant radio broadcast, but also 
the the genre of true crime. Do you watch like any of the true crime shows like uh, Dateline and whatever they hell? I didn't watch. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch any of the shows, but I heard mostly a lot of the shows. Well, how about that? See, there is a true Renaissance man. I see. Because he knows the. This is the ugly man's medium. This is perfect for us. <laughs> this is radio. <laughs> and you can look like hell and sound fine on the radio. Exactly. Ain't that the truth? But you see, you're you're blessed. I was reading up on you and your brilliant career, which is in the future. You're brilliant. <laughs> is it, you've, you've actually done modeling? Not only just being clay. I mean, you know, you've done like physical modeling. Am I correct? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you put clothes on and stand in front of people? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, yes. What about runway modeling? Yes, I've done runway in um, 2019 and 2018 in New York Fashion Week. Wow, I find that fascinating with all the planes taking Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, how, how do you keep from getting decapitated by the propellers yeah. when you're on the runway like that? That's, <laughs> that's really dangerous, man. you got to find a safer gig. I mean, you just can't be standing out there at LaGuardia, you know, a, with your Jimmy pumps and your, you know, designer gown <laughs> while these planes are, you know, taxiing down the runway. I told that to Samantha Alexander. Not the current Samantha Alexander. There's a, a model, New York model, named Samantha mm -hmm. Alexander. But go back 20 years, and there was another famous model named Samantha uh -huh. Alexander. Same name. Uh -huh. But she was actually from uh, Texas originally. Oh, okay. And she wound up famous all over the world. And I was talking to her last night, night before, whatever. And she told me that there is a, there is a rumor that people believe that she became a star in India, on Bollywood, those musicals, which isn't true. But people believe it. They go, whatever happened to Samantha Alexander? Oh, she became a big star in India. No, she's not a big star in India. She's not even a big star in Woodland Hills, California, where I saw her the other day. But, but she was. So she also has the claim to fame of having testified against her good friend Heidi Fleiss. They're still good. They're still good friends. She worked with Heidi. Worked for Heidi. But I worked for Bubkus. But, uh, mm. So anyway, we're getting back to your brilliant career. There you were minding your own business on the runway, uh -huh. <laughs> dodging the Lear jets <laughs> in your Jimmy Choo pumps, <laughs> your DNK, uh, what DKNY outfit. Before, and uh, you're going, how did I get here? You're saying to yourself, why, why, why didn't I go to Poughkeepsie and just, you know, take a job at Walmart? Instead, you decided to be artistic, right? Uh, yes, exactly. So when a person has a craving for the arts, it usually means they're either ADHD, bipolar, both of them says <laughs> How many of those do you fit, you Anthony? Well, right? How no. many? Two out of three? <laughs> Two out of four, yeah. Yeah, three out of four? Okay. See? You can tell you can spot him. Our producer's the same way. Take one look at him, and you know, easily hypnotized. Oh, stop. Easily hypnotized. What's the shiny object? You will give Mark all your money. Yes. You will give Mark oh, all Oh, speaking of which... Here's a true crime story for you, and you're the second or third person to hear this in the room. There, you probably heard about this this drug they have done in South America where they blow it in your face, and you'll do anything they say. You know, they do this to tourists, and they, you go, you want to go to the bank and withdraw all your money and give it to us. Why, of course I do, and they walk off and they do that. I found really? out what that drug is. Easily available. Dramamine. It's the stuff you take to not be air sick. Yeah. Because you take it, the store says, you feel fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel fine. No, but that's really what it is. It's just Dramamine. But it's in much greater quantity than what you find in the little Dramamine pills. Purified. Mm -hmm. And then you will do whatever anybody tells you. See that goat? It's time for an unnatural act, Anthony. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're on it. <laughs> in more ways than one. So now you know. I'm Now, having said this, I don't want to take any responsibility for listeners to this program who go out and buy a bunch of Dramamine, grind it up, and start blowing it in people's faces on the bus. <laughs> Give me all your money. Pam, pow, right in the kisser. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told him, find me an American who listens to this show and likes true crime and is artistic 
maybe I thought I said autistic, artistic, and mm-hmm. uh, and has a great future behind him and a great past ahead of him, and is dedicated <laughs> to the uh, the art of the deal or the art of the steal or mm-hmm. <coughs> being artistic. You are the one that was selected of the thousands of applicants. I mean. An applique too. And, <laughs> and it turns out he wasn't even on the list. No, he was just suddenly popped up, <laughs> me and all the way from Pakistan. I have found the person for you. <laughs> having said that, I will tell no. you. I, I will I'll tell you. I have, having said that, I will tell you. He's perfect. I said, okay, thank you, man. Right. So <clears throat> the burning question of the moment. What is you the burning? It. Which we haven't gotten an answer to is With. what drew you to the genre of true crime? Yeah. Why? Why would a sane man? <laughs> oh, I told you the, the um, people you had on the show. It was hilarious to me. But how did you find out about it? I mean, did so you get a call from Pakistan telling you to listen? <laughs> uh, no, I did find out from Yon. Yon did tell me about it. You told me about it. Oh, so oh, our Pakistan connection rears his head again. Uh, so he told you, and you listened to it, and you were amazed to use the gas to gog and thunderstruck, no doubt. Awesome. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> It is a lively program as a rule, <laughs> but we're breaking the rules today. <laughs> Let me take a swig of this Pepsi Cola, pre plug for Pepsi Cola. Uh, he needs the real sugar, the 8,000 pounds of sugar. Do you realize that high fructose corn syrup illegal in Canada? Really? Yep, that's why they didn't have high fructose corn syrup soda pop in Canada. It all had sugar. It didn't have high fructose corn syrup. But in America, to save money, <laughs> they put in high fructose corn syrup. <clears throat> Could we tell the difference? Sugar is one of the four basic food groups. Popcorn is the other one. Uh, <laughs> what are the others? Pussy. Yes, that's, uh, I eat that often, at least in my dreams. Uh, where was I? Oh, that was Matt was playing that great song, Blow Me a Kiss Before You Leave, with the imitation of uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis in it. How about Sammy Perillo and, uh, ever heard of him? Matt has. You know what I'm talking about, Matt. The comedy team that did the impersonation of Martin Lewis, Sammy Perillo, or whatever his name was, did Jerry Lewis. And Jerry Lewis actually had him on the Tonight Show one night when he was guest hosting and beat him up. Yeah, not, not, a, not a big name, though. No, uh, Perillo, uh, something like oh. that. Wasn't he a young guy? Yeah, he was a young guy. He basically he, pretended to be... a kid that became nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Bumpkiss. Jerry's help. I don't know if Jerry helped him or not, but he's kind of pissed off at him. Because <laughs> it was that was it. Yeah. Well, you see, this other guy looked like a short, less talented version of Dean Martin, yeah. and mm-hmm. this uh, Perillo or whatever his name was character who looked like Jerry Lewis did uh, a movie. Uh, you know, it was whatever it was an ape runs blues in Brooklyn. Or something. Well, uh, of course, he's a less talented version <laughs> of Dean Martin. Is there a more talented version? No, I mean, Dean Martin was tremendous. Yes. And he admitted that his entire vocal style was he combined Perry Como with Bing Crosby. No, okay. It worked for him. And you wonder, how how did Jerry Lewis become accepted by anybody in the character he portrayed in those films? It was because Mm -hmm. Dean Martin, who you can identify with, always was his best pal because he saved his life while he was in the Army or he rescued him when he and Lassie fell down a well. Something <laughs> happened where Jerry saved his life and therefore he could do no wrong. And so because Dean accepted him, the audience accepted him, right? Um, if you say so. I say so because show business is my life. <clears throat> I'm way too young. <laughs> oh, you are way too young. Anthony, how old are you? How <laughs> How old do you think I am? Somewhere between 19 and 45. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we narrow this down? I'd say you're uh, 25. No. 35. No. Well, people think that. But I'm, 50, I'm 51. It's too late. Never give up on your dreams. All my life. I'm not, I, I won't. I have dreamed of being a child star. I'm 73 years old, and I have not given up on my dream yet. Oh, you better not. I don't know when the hell I'm going to be. Now. <laughs> I'm still going to be a child star, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that dream away from me. Got to be a little Never. realistic about the dreams, you know. Like this kid I met, he was under psychiatric care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
He was going to play in the NBA. That was his thing. I'm going to be in the NBA. Do you want to play basketball? Uh, no. <laughs> Do you think perhaps you should learn how to play basketball first? You couldn't deal with that. Just was mm-hmm. eyes would glaze over. What do you do for a living? Besides standing out there on the runway. <laughs> I don't only do runway. I do background work and acting also. I do. I haven't done that yet. No. If uh, Matt's also- brother was here, he'd ask you if you'd ever worked with a donkey. Have you, <laughs> you ever worked with a donkey? <laughs> no time for sergeants. No time for sergeants. No time for donkeys either. I want to do voiceovers. Oh, do you do you do do you do voices? You could do cartoons. You could be. Uh, you could do cartoon voices. Yeah, that's what something I was thinking and in, getting into. Also, I have some, somebody else does it. Yeah, there's a a, a voiceover company here in Los Angeles called something like Voiceovers. <laughs> Got a real catchy, <laughs> catchy title. I can't wait to. I work in the hospital. You work in the hospital. Yeah. But do they know that, or do you just show up looking like an orderly and just go around stealing people's watches and stuff like that? That's why he's into true crime. Yeah, I just go in there. Yeah, I was going to get one of those little chaplain badges because they sell them at the store. You know, you go to the uniform store, they say, Hi, I'm a chaplain. And you put the thing on and you put it on your suit. It has a little chaplain esque thing on it. And you go in there and do impersonations of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> I like this guy. We should just record his laugh and play it behind all of our shows so we can encourage our audience to join yeah. in. <laughs> it would be quite, uh, it would be quite apropos as the. Uh, guest is describing how uh, vicious the slaughter was of the victims. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you ever seen any real crimes, Anthony? Have I ever seen one right now? <laughs> yeah, one right now. Yep, a crime against yep, broadcasting, a crime against humanity. On a bus stop, coming home from work. What happened at the bus stop? What day I say, please well, share my umbrella. What happened at the bus stop? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to go there. Uh, this drunk guy. You saw what? I asked this other guy, did he know where cabs are? And he told him no. So as I was going across the street, someone told me to look back, and he was robbing him. Just because he didn't know where the cabs were? I mean, that's a lousy motive. He robbed him because he was drunk. I had a, on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, years ago, 1965, okay. Bill Strom and I are standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a guy comes up to me says, um, do you have a cigarette? I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, Philip Morris Commanders. And uh, 25 cents a pack in those days. And I offered him a Philip Morris Commander. He grabbed the pack with one hand and smashed me in the face with the other, breaking my nose and ran off with my Philip Morris Commander. True crime. For was. a quarter. Quarter, yeah. For a quarter. A quarter. I was... Lori uh, was his a quarter. This would be around uh, 74. Mm-hmm. I met the Encino McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Where I was. The uh, morning shift to get the store ready. Started mm-hmm. at 4 a.m. And we opened the back door to take the grease trough out, and there was two gentlemen with stub noses. Uh, Did they have guns too? Yes, we <laughs> want. Yes, they had guns, and we want all your money. And if it wasn't for the person uh, assigned to clean the outside of the store, um, who spoke Spanish, uh, I probably wouldn't be here. Why were they going to shoot you? Yes, because I. Don't have I didn't have the the combination the same. Mm. Oh yeah, right. Which didn't have real. It only had uh, you know uh, eight drawers with fifty dollars in it and some extra change. And so Frylard. But uh, <clears throat> he was able to convince them uh, that we we couldn't open the safe and the manager would be in at six. Come back then. And so the, <laughs> they tied us up and locked us into the broom closet downstairs. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, because that was a convenient place to lock us up. But why lock you up anyway? You just said, okay, I'll come back at six and see the manager. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Thanks for the advice. I'll see you at six. Yeah, yeah so uh, we're, down, we're down there, you know, just in the dark, sitting there. Um, How long? <clears throat> And they, at 6 o'clock, the manager comes and he's all pissed because the place isn't clean and ready. He's and furious. They, and they, then he sees the two guys with the guns and gives them the cash, and they they leave. Uh, and then uh, a, couple, a couple years ago, I met the local uh, uh, Costco mm-hmm. uh, doing some shopping, and we hear a lot of commotion and turn around. It was a smash and grab at the jewelry 
mm-hmm. display mm-hmm. near the entrance. Is Magic Grab and Go? Uh, yeah, there are two guys with large, uh, with uh, semi automatics, and one guy smashing and grabbing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's my crime. As I, I mentioned before, in Palm Springs, these guys robbed a jewelry store right in front of me. I'm parked, their getaway car is parked right in front of my car. Mm-hmm. They come out of the jewelry store, waving their weapons, clutching their jewelry, jump in the car, and we take off about three miles per hour in rush hour traffic, bumper to bumper, down Palm Canyon Boulevard. <laughs> they didn't exactly pick the best time to rob the jewelry store with this bumper to bumper traffic. Cops didn't even bother to pull them over. They followed them with a helicopter all the way to Los Angeles, waited for them really? to get home, and then arrested them. That's crazy. Wow. There's a lot of fascinating crime. I was robbed. I mean, I've been robbed a few dozen times. It's not a gunshot. I had people yeah, break in to my house. No, I know who it was too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had a problem. He was uh, taking heroin. I helped mm-hmm. him out. Let him stay at my place. Did fine mm-hmm. until he relapsed and came back and stole all my stuff. All right. <laughs> uh, that's the problem with being too helpful. Yeah, sometimes it is. Because it was. I mean, not that I can you can blame him. I mean, because if you have to choose between death and stealing Burl's big screen TV, <laughs> you got to take Burl's big screen TV. Of course. Because there is the risk of death. If you're mm-hmm. you know, a narcotic addict, and you don't get it. And so that's an easy choice to make. So exactly. I can understand it. I don't condone the unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. But it's... Not necessarily character defect. Justifying this guy's actions, you are, you are a one of a kind. Yeah. it's just incredible. Well, <laughs> I could see their line of reason. I might die, or if I steal Pearl's TV, I could get well. Uh-huh. What should I do? Some people would have enough ethics to say I would rather die than steal Pearl's TV. No, how about mm-hmm. get your act together? Let's try. You, you forget about the option C, Pearl. <laughs> well, how, how's the poor guy supposed to do that in the next 20 the minutes? The poor guy got himself <laughs> into it. That's right. Let him get himself out of it. The only way to get himself out of it is to steal Burl's TV. <laughs> and be well enough to make it down to the rehab. Or Rikers Island, one of the two. Speaking of which, I saw the movie Body Brokers the other night. You know what Body Brokers are? No. Body Brokers is where the rehab pays... Hey, ever had a contagious disease? <laughs> yes, I have. Come here, little boy. I'll give you this one. <laughs> so what is this? The insurance companies pay a lot of money. So you get this guy insurance. You send mm-hmm. him in there. You pay him to go to treatment. And you get the money. He's getting money. And then when he's done with treatment, you wait like three months. And then he intentionally relapses. He goes to another rehab for the same thing. And everyone makes money except the insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> it's a racket it's illegal now I think in California but it wasn't illegal until recently and it was a, you know it's a scam insurance scam of course of course it is and uh, um, <laughs> was, even with the COVID-19 it's been around doing scams I don't know I'm, I have people who've had it people who've died of it it's not very unfortunate yeah, my friend Travis actually got, got a once, at the very beginning, before it was a big deal, his friends came over from Wuhan, China or something. He got at a restaurant underneath the air conditioner with this guy that was asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Just been through hell. I mean, he had it really, 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 really bad. And the after, you know, the aftershocks, after effects still lingering on. Then this mm-hmm. variant comes around, and this lady is one of those, I don't believe in masks people. Decides to fly from somewhere to somewhere to get her girlfriend. Gives it to everybody, their dog, on the way. <laughs> Come here, puppy. Including Travis. So he's he gets the new variant. Where, hey, it wasn't as bad as the first one. But the Center for Disease Control called him up and interviewed him at length about the fact that he was just recovering from the 
initial virus when this crackpot mm-hmm. lady decided to exercise her freedom to give everyone a disease. What? <laughs> I, I object to this. Next, they'll tell us not not to give people typhoid fever. Well, you know, I have a fever of 103. Do you? Yeah. He's got a fever well, of 103. I'm hot-blooded. Check he's hot-blooded. And, and he's not even a foreigner. Have <laughs> <laughs> a goodness gracious, great balls oh. of fire. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what your balls being on fire has to do with COVID. But well, it could be one of the side effects. You never know. There's all sorts of strange things. Ever you had a hernia? I have no. I had a hysnia once. You had a hysnia. <laughs> you have an asthma. Yes, <laughs> uh, I've had a hernia. Those are very unpleasant. And you can't really get them fixed out because all the hospitals are filled with COVID nineteen patients. Oh, uh, so they say. So they say. Yeah, exactly. Well, my daughter. Who's going was, down now? Who's going, going down? down, down a well, here in Los Angeles, we're trying to set the new world's record for most amount of cases. <laughs> oh, yes, Jesus. and the mo- <laughs> uh, most amount of money handed over for the cases. Yeah. Really? I was thinking of getting it just so I could be sick. Uh, Burrow, you don't need to be a disease. You are sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what someone disease. said on iTunes. They said, whoever that aged host is, the one who's 180, he's always coughing and hacking. Usually it's Mark that's coughing and hacking. That's correct. But tonight, why is this night different from all other nights? Ah, the Manish Yes. Uh, <laughs> the evil son says, what mean ye by this radio broadcast? <laughs> That's part of the Passover service, Sir Anthony, in case you ever, haven't ever been Jewish. But you should try that at least once in your life. Everyone, even Matt Allen, our bizarrely hypnotized producer, he's uh, he was made an honorary Jew by Milton Berle, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Milton Burl had a schlong. <laughs> but he offered to show Matt, but Matt turned him down. So I've already seen Forrest Tucker. Milton, I don't need to see you. I made oh, that yeah. part up. Uh, but the, no, Milton has to do the part about Matt being friends with Milton Burl. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. Matt has the ability to make friends with famous people who don't realize it was a big mistake until it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Matt liked that. <laughs> I got a smile out of him that time. I try every week to at least get one laugh out of Matt. That's my goal. If I can make... He's so serious. A- any know. possibility you could change that to producing a quality radio show? <laughs> no, hell no. No, no. My goal is just to make him laugh. Not to produce. I mean, if we want quality, we get our old um, audio processor back. I don't know what happened to that thing, but boy, I sounded good. No. I sounded... Mmm, presence. And well-rounded uh, round, and fully packed. Now we can't sound like this. So uh, when you're done doing this radio show, uh, Anthony, as being a representative true crime fan, mm-hmm. uh, it's the weekend. Does that mean that you uh, go out and stand on the runway, or do you uh, go try to do voiceovers at the hospital? What uh, What do you do on the weekend? Well, well on, when I'm finished with you guys, I'm going to go out to a restaurant with two friends. So we're going to Ellis Island. Wow. You're going to do what at Ellis Island? They're going to go out to a restaurant? Oh, I'm sure uh, you got outside seating? Um, I'm not even sure. I know we did last week, but I'm not because they're letting people in now, so I don't know. No, I don't think they're seating in unless they want to beat the California world record for most number of COVID-19 cases in a single evening. Why? Because they were eating inside? Well, we don't eat inside anymore. We don't eat with herosis uh, either. <laughs> <laughs> we dip once, we dip twice, but... Uh, uh, no, the the restaurant seating is uh, here, at least here in Los Angeles area, is mm-hmm. uh, you have outside seating with some heaters and some heaters with heaters, mm-hmm. and uh, but not inside because it's too close for the, the social distancing, and uh, you know who has the most resistance to the um, illness? What homeless people? Oh really? That's because they're exposed to so much crap that they gradually build up a resistance to just about everything on the planet. Where people who live in a very pristine, you know, environment, well-protected, are easy prey for new, uh, you know, virus thingies. <laughs> like, if you've never, never, like if you've never had sex with a sheep, <laughs> bad boy, there's a greater chance of you getting syphilis if you have it. 
if you have sex with a sheep, chances are you're going to get it. Now, you can tell people, don't have sex with sheep. I mean, we really should start, because that's where syphilis comes from. And 150,000 people in Europe died from the Great Plague when Columbus's crew came back from the New World, banging those sheep all the way from, wow. from uh, uh, you know, yeah. the East Coast all the way back. Not sure how to respond to this topic. This is true. True story. The Great Plague. Um, do you know why uh, Scotsmen wear kilts? I give up. Why? Uh, so, because sheep can hear zippers a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got those sheep. I mean, they they get you in the long run because that's where you get the syphilis is having nice. sex with sheep. Nice. I admit it's a temptation. I, uh, I, I mean, all boys know, you know, a leg of lamb's a leg of lamb. You know. But hey, I think you're I gonna need pull to the get, wool over uh, my eyes. I need to get rid of uh, my livestock now. Yeah, <clears throat> and some people don't get any stock in the story that I'm telling them. But it is a true story. If you kids want to avoid syphilis, don't have sex with sheep. <laughs> now, I think every kid in America should be told that because otherwise. We're going to have just like this guy, what's his name, Glenn uh, Langford. He's been on our show talking about being in prison, and now he's now trying to get people to not get vaccines and, and uh, you know, throw rocks at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> We're telling kids uh -huh. not to watch porn too much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was going on and on about how, oh, Planned Parenthood wants kids to watch porn, and they want, oh, God, I don't know where he gets this crap. So I decided to look up what was real. Mm -hmm. And uh, Planned Parenthood has some really interesting and accurate information on porn. Kids, if you see porn, it ain't realistic. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just, just do not expect her to have those shoes. <laughs> it's not realistic. Mm. And she better not expect you to be look like the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. <laughs> able to put a fire out. <laughs> Jeez, where do they find these guys? Uh, they they uh, they just uh, you know uh, mutants wander X, north. The X Files. <laughs> the mutants. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't remember asking. You haven't done any porn movies yet, ha yet have you, Anthony? No, not yet. <laughs> you can do the voiceovers for them. You know, like the ones that are dubbed. You know, they have that bad disco music. No, that's usually what the girl is saying. Yeah. Ow, 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 ow. Do, 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 This is the film. It's my legacy. That great movie, Boogie Nights with Burt Reynolds. That was a great film. Burt Reynolds, oh my God. Matt Allen, our producer, did a movie with Burt Reynolds. A movie so powerful, it's never been shown outside of Norway. I tried to get the movie so I could have it in my own home. Uh, category 5. Category 5. Mm. And it ran on TV in Norway. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I haven't been able to find it since. I wanted to download it so I could see Matt on the big screen of my laptop. <laughs> but he's bigger than that in person. You know, I can see him full life size. But I thought I'd see him and Burr Reynolds together. Spent a wonderful evening with Burt Reynolds along with several other people when he was interviewed at the uh, at the Directors Guild. That was a great. When he was in the hospital, and he was in the hospital for quite a while, two people. Burt Reynolds was yeah. He was injured in a fight scene in uh, Batman, whatever movie it was, and he was they used the wrong chair. <laughs> they didn't use the breakaway chair. They used a real one, and bam, he was in the hospital for quite a long time. But there were two people. That visited him, of all of his great friends, two people, Johnny Carson and Dom DeLuise. Okay. He says, where were the rest of them? Who knows? Out and about. Out and about. Exactly. They're probably with the sheep. <laughs> now, that would be Back a true to the crime. Sheep again? What is true is that uh, they say that a man knows if he has any friends at all. If he is in the hospital, if someone comes to see him. Because most guys won't. They have a dreaded fear of hospitals. They don't yes. want to go near them. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. For good reason, they're crawling with sick people. And yeah. uh, I was in the hospital, what, a couple of years ago, having my heart taken out and put on a plate and dissected, etc. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
You have a heart? I did. Wow. It's been replaced by a crocodile. <laughs> yeah, clock. Like a Captain Hook, uh, crocodile. Follow me around. Uh, TikTok. And Howard Lapidus and his clock. beloved bride. Hmm? Howard Lapidus, my you know former co-host here on the right. show. Uh, he and his beloved bride came to visit me in the hospital. Uh, gave me several right. fine party gifts. And then he died. Which uh, wasn't quite yeah. right. I was the one who was supposed to die, and he died instead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not. I just don't have a great track record with with hospital visits because everyone I visit kicks, you know, kicks it. They do. Yeah. It's all your fault. It's not just a coincidence. You are responsible for the untimely demise. Oh, so it's not <laughs> the cancer. No, no, no. no. No, you know, uh, the, you know. Mark C.G. Boyer visited. Okay, put that down. COVID-19 death. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, this goes back to when I was in my 20s. So. Really? Yeah. That's when it started? Yes, that's when I, I went to see uh, my high school best friend. He had Hodgkins. Yeah. Yeah, he was going in the next, suppose, he was supposed to go the next, that morning for a bone marrow transplant, basically a last ditch attempt to save him. But he didn't survive the night. Yeah, that's what with Howard. They said, Howard, come back tomorrow and we'll fix this. Uh, so when they say come back tomorrow, I don't leave. <laughs> no, we're going to take care of it now. Bring the sheep in now. We're going to take care of this now. None of this come back tomorrow business. We'll have a better sheep tomorrow. No, bring the sheep in now. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't want this, this sheep. <laughs> you don't look... Well, this is, no, no, you don't want this. This, this is not good sheep for you. Oh, man, that reminds me of when I was in Peru. And I ordered a steak, and inside the steak was a hair longer than Lori's hair on her head. And I, I called the, the waiter over, and I, my Spanish isn't fluent enough to say, what the hell is the deal with this hair on my steak? So I just called him over, and I pointed at this long black hair protruding oh, from, the, from the meat. And he goes, ah, grab the plate and ran from the room. Really? <laughs> yeah, they came back about 10 minutes later with a new plate and a new steak, new hair, everything. Oh, well, <laughs> new hair. New hair. <laughs> that was in Puno on my way to Cusco or vice versa. Well, I, I I went to Pacoima once. Pacoima. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine wanted to get on the board of tourism for Pacoima. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you've seen the rest of the world. Now ask yourself, why in the world would I go to Pacoima? And that, the answer is, there is and no there is, reason. Well, she lives in Pacoima, in a motel room. <laughs> where no visitors allowed. They sneak them in every hour. Um, she told me her secret of getting free motel rooms. She drinks mm -hmm. herself under the manager. <laughs> what? She drinks herself under the manager. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a good, a good response. How did you get those three motel rooms? I drink myself under the manager. Okay. And that's not lying worthy of Dorothy Parker. Thank you. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, you know, you've heard of Dorothy Parker here in New York? Yes. Dorothy Parker's gone Dorothy now. Dorothy Parker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She said she could make a joke out of any word, anytime, anywhere. So is it okay, horticulture. And without missing a beat, she said, you can lead a horticulture, but you can't make her think. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, a public service announcement. This poor man, he gets tricked into coming on his show. And all he does is laugh at us. Well, he did that, he finds us vastly entertaining. But he's having a complete breakdown. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea why anyone would think that. But being as we outsource this to Pakistan... And Mia Mosenzia, international award-winning author of really weird books that I find vastly entertaining, found you as the typical true crime fan, or atypical. Maybe it's because of your shoe size. I don't know. What, what size shoe do you wear? Five, ten. Ten. Well, aren't you a dainty critter? I'm a twelve. <laughs> you like leather? <laughs> Yes, I do. I thought so. How about neoprene? Um, I had a pair of uh, industrial neoprene gloves when I was a child. 
Really? That's yes. pretty kinky for a child. No, because it allowed me to stick my hand in the hot oil and not burnt, get burnt. Oh, you have a thing for hot oil? Well, that, one of my jobs was to clean the fry vats and replace the oil. Oh, I thought maybe it was just one of those proclivity activities. No, it was just part of the, the job to get the big giant thing with diatomaceous earth. Well, this filters. is your McDonald's. And he would, uh, every uh, once a month, he would uh, replace the oil. And, uh, Did you use lard? Uh, no, we had, um, that's a good question. It was a big, giant block of shortening, I think. Shortening? Yeah. Well, what made McDonald's fries so good originally was that they were made with lard. Yes, you know, it was a big, a big, giant block of white fat. Yeah, grease. lard. Yeah, so I think it was shortening of something. Shortening, mama's a bit shortening, shortening. Yeah. yeah, then each, you know, the if you didn't, if you weren't replacing the oil, you would run mm -hmm. it, the oil through the diatomaceous earth and filters. Well, it had filters. Mm -hmm. And yes, a big, yeah, it was a big uh, round thing that rolled on wheels. You would uh, like clean a, each like of the Like a micronite filter where it cleaned it down to microcosm level? You would, you would empty all the oil out. Yeah. Then you would get the special cleanser that was food safe. Huh. And clean the inside of the fry vat, get under the debris out so it was clean. Huh. And then you would put the oil back in and rotate it through the filters till it was clear. Well, that's awfully nice. It's kind of a recycling uh -huh. uh, concept. Yeah. Uh, renewable for lard, a renewable resource. Yes, well, you know, the, the, um, for the, uh, the fish fillet fryer would last a month. And the French fries would last two weeks because you were always frying French fries. Well, French fries usually go pretty quickly, don't they? Well, because the, everything comes with fries, whether you want it to or not. Right. So you would have to change the French fry oil more often than the fish fillet. And fish enough oil. salt on them to kill a goat. <laughs> really? I mean, the salt. I mean, I gotta watch my salt intake, otherwise I'll have congestive heart failure. But uh -huh. uh, I mean, some of those fries, man, it got. They just dump that salt on there. Here, die yeah, soon. Yeah. Now, well, they, you know, things have. Def, things and they have, laugh in your face. Things have you know definitely changed. I'm since, paying for uh, it. They're gonna do it. The early '70s. Yeah. Um, but it, it is difficult to ask for unsalted fries because the no. where they dump them is full of the salt and pepper mixture. Oh, so it's already salt on there. Well, yeah, what well, they do for you is they take the fries and they wash them with soap and water. No, they don't. <laughs> they give it to you. Wow, the, this, tastes, this tastes like dough. Burrow, burrow, get it right. They use Sterachine. Sterachine? Yes, I've yes, seen them take the fries out the oil and then they put the salt on it. It's like a shower, a bath. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, really cool. He did a similar thing with the sheep coming back from America to England. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Those sheep, they're well lubricated. That's why they have lanolin. <laughs> See, that's where they got the whole idea for those sheepskin condoms. <laughs> it's based on years of experience. You think I'm making this up, don't you? This is, I, this is the stuff they didn't tell you in high school. This is the I, stuff they didn't tell you in health class. I'm usually quite reticent to tell anybody. I participate in this show. Yes. Now I just won't tell anybody no, he, ever. No, you won't tell anybody that you were ever on this show or they ever met anyone associated with this program. Because this is the standard of the true crime industry. Oh, my God. We have real criminals. We don't mess around. We get the real criminals in here. <laughs> We occasionally have law enforcement, but we pay little or no attention to their version of events. I don't have a lot of If you're going to have law enforcement on, unless it's like Peter Chris from uh, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition or something, you got to be careful with how much <laughs> you know spin is being put on something. So you balance it. You get a criminal and you get the cop together discussing it. Now that's what I liked about the the mob sit down in Las Vegas. That's uh, mm -hmm. it's one of the shows you can listen to. It's up on the. Uh, you know, on the list of shows you can listen to on the, the podcast, Mob Sit Down in Las Vegas. Cool. And what it is is real mob criminals who are either mm -hmm. cut a deal with the government to not go to prison or who went to prison mm -hmm. or are now out, and the federal agents who arrested them, all on stage together. That's crazy. It's a fascinating reunion. Hey, remember when I arrested you? Hell yeah. 
That <laughs> <laughs> puts you away for murder, didn't we? Yeah, well, I got out of that one. Exactly. It's really a fascinating, fascinating interview program. Uh, you got Vito Colucci, who was undercover in the mob for years. And, oh, wasn't uh, Henry there? Henry Hill was there. His beloved bride or uh, significant other is the one who paid my way and my room in Las Vegas to go record the event, which we, of course, really? put here up on the uh, on the air, True Crime Uncensored on Outlaw Radio. You can hear the whole thing anytime you want. You can also hear the real Rick Ross uh, tell about how the U.S. government was giving him all that cocaine. Really? Well, that was the Iran-Contra scandal. The biggest scandal in the uh, history of the USA. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't. Big hit. Big hit scandal. One of them, you rate the scandals from one to ten. That was the biggie. And he didn't really know that it was the uh, the government who was supplying him with his cocaine to fund the Contras <laughs> or whatever. Until he read about it in the expose uh, in the, uh, what's it called, the San uh, Fernando B or uh, San, what, was Santa Clarita Express? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the, the journalist got murdered afterwards, strange as it may seem. Mm. Uh, Kill okay. the Messenger was the name of the movie they made based on that story. So it wasn't Air America? Air America was another, yeah, that's another true one. Part of the same story. Part of the same story. Air America <laughs> and Kill the Messenger. There's two sides of the same story. One is them. Smuggling the uh, the drugs, I believe, and the other is them selling the drugs. You know, there's always ways to make money in America. I wish I could figure them out. Oh, I found out something fascinating today. If you get Social Security, mm-hmm. whether it's SSI or SSD or retirement or whatever, don't put it in the same bank account as anything else. Keep it right. in a separate account because a lot of people don't know this, including I, me, who got screwed, it is protected money. It's protected by the government. If someone has a, uh, say you owe somebody money and they're coming Mm -hmm. after you and they want to garnish your wages or attach your bank account, they can't Mm -hmm. take your Social Security. However, if you put your Social Security money in the same account with your other money, who can tell which money is which? Yeah, I understand. And then there's, uh, there's only one entity they can take away your Social Security money for a debt, and that is the bank. If you owe the bank any money and your Social Security check comes in, they can mm-hmm. take it. Guess what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> My entire Social Security for the month is gone, 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 gone. And we tried so hard to keep it from happening. I met with the bank. I met with Social Security. I said, how do we keep this from happening? And he outlined it. Very simple. We freeze the account. The check gets bounced back to Social Security. They resubmit it to your new uh, separate bank account, and you're cool. So we got it all set up. Social Security sent the check for it to be bounced back. They took it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Trick. Ha, ha, ha. But I got, I got good things happening, so I'm very happy to announce it. If anyone wants to rob me. You have to wait till next month. <laughs> Why next month? So, do you um, do you like your sheep <clears throat> woolly or shorn? I like my lamb korma. That's a uh, Indian food joke. I like lamb korma. Well, go get some lamb korma tonight, New York. Good Indian food. Not American Indian, but I mean, like you know, Hindustani, Pakistani. You know, that's me and would know what that is. Yes. Hey, thank you, Anthony. Good luck thank on you your so. career. And be careful out there on the runway. Those propellers will get you every time. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show and being a good sport. I had fun. Thank you. All right. Hey, hey Burl. Yeah. I hope we have uh, a true crime guest next week. Yeah, we'll have someone who does something to do with true crime. Well, that would be nice. Yeah. By the way, uh, what's next? Magic Matt Allen on the deepest of decades is live from the Light of Lounge on Allen Radio Live. Who, who was that guy? I don't know. I have no idea. You don't have any idea. You have no idea who that guy was on the phone. Know, no. He was a fan. Oh, excellent. We need more like that. Yeah. Yeah, you could fill up an entire show with your fan. Yeah. Oh, wait, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that, proved, that proved something. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Something happening here 
what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. There's battle lines being drawn. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speak in their minds. Are getting so much resistance from behind. Time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. A field day for the heat. A thousand people in the street singing songs and they're carrying signs. Mostly say hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going on. Your life it will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. Step out of line, the man come and take you away. We better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going on. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? 